0: Welcome to the Empowered Movement Podcast. My name is Dr. Emily Roush, and I am here to share the ins and outs about the body and pole dancing. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Movement Podcast. My name is Dr. Emily. Obviously, um, Samson is not in the room with us currently because he is insisting on chewing one of his bones that he got for Christmas. He doesn't get. Ra- rawhide bones don't come for me if you're a dog person I know that they're not supposed to have rawhide on a regular basis he gets them for his birthday and for Christmas only so only two times a year do we actually let him have one Um and he's been like hoarding them if that makes sense like I feel like he he realizes that he doesn't get them very often and so he will like carry them around in his mouth or like not chew on them well he finally decided today's the day and I tried to record some audio with him chewing on it In the room in the background to be like, maybe my mic won't pick it up. No, it does. So he's kicked out of the room so he can chew his bone and then I can record this without you having to listen to him smacking on it in the background. I hope you all had a wonderful new year. I did absolutely nothing. I went and got like a little mini bottle of champagne for myself and made some mimosas. And then I think I was asleep at like 10 o'clock. Woohoo! Super exciting. I always feel like such a an old lady when there's like big events happening like that or even just on, honestly like on a regular like Friday and Saturday night and I'm like snuggled into my bed at like 9 30 and I'm like oh yeah people go out on the weekends and I just go to bed. But anyways I hope you had a really wonderful start to the new year and want to kind of just start the new year off refreshing some basics when it comes to things outside of like physically exercising, whether that's on or off the pole training that can have an impact on how your body feels, how it recovers, and whether or not you're putting yourself at an increased risk of being injured. And the two topics that I would like us to talk about today are sleep and stress. And they are two things that I think if we sit and rationally look at how our body functions and performs, we can say, yeah, being stressed makes it harder for us to to do cool things on the pole. Being sleep deprived also impacts our mental cognition, how our body functions, all of those cool things. But I don't feel like on a regular basis, enough humans, not just pole dancers, just humans living in our world, prioritize those as much as they potentially could and or should and Before I deep dive into this, I realize that there are a lot of us that have really stressful things going on in our life, and there's a lot of things that impact whether or not we are able to get good quality sleep and so I'm not here to pass judgment or any of those sorts of things. I just want to talk about how both sleep and stress impact your ability to do cool things with your body. And I'm being starkly reminded of this because for this past week, um, on on a very intentional basis, I will say this, I have weeks where I know I'm going to be busier in my schedule. Like I actively choose to work with more people, don't block off my calendar quite as much. I am right now, like kind of ending the push for people to join my pull performance program. Pull performance program, I love alliteration until I have to actually say it out loud. Um, I had space in it for the first time since like the end of September, and so I was looking for people to join my one-on-one coaching program. With that comes an increase in stress. I have a lot more people DMing me, asking me questions about things. I have people emailing me. I'm doing discovery calls to see if people are a good fit for it. So it's just a lot more time spent working like I I work a lot, I'll be honest, but like more time like on my computer talking to people, more time of me having to be like quote unquote on. A lot of the stuff that I do is isn't like customer facing or client facing per se. Um, so that is a different like level of energy expenditure for me. And then is more stressful because my stress level was elevated. It was also starting to impact my sleep. Like I was really worried that I was going to oversleep or I was going to forget something, or I wasn't going to respond to someone's message quickly enough. Um, or I would forget to respond back to someone, which can happen. So if I forgot to message you back and you asked me a question, please let me know. Because if I read a text message and I'm like in the middle of doing something, I'll be like, yeah, 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 I'll remember to respond to them. And then like four days goes by and I'm like, oh, shit, I um uh, I didn't actually do that. So if you're ever like left on red for a really long time when you're Instagram messaging me or just texting me if you have my phone number. The reason I'm not reading it is because I want to make sure I'm in the brain space to like read and respond, otherwise I will completely forget. But um that like my ADHD moments is not the point of this conversation. The point of what I want to bring up is since I was in a both more stressed state and then also a sleep deprived state, some super interesting things started happening with my Body and not in a good way, I'll be honest. And I'm so glad that I'm on the other side of my like super stressful week. I was starting to experience way more pain than I normally do. I would say, on an average week, I'll, I'll have like a day or two where maybe I'm sore, but for me to like actually be in pain while I'm just like existing not like on the pole kind of pain, but literally just like sitting on my computer and having things hurt is a very rare occurrence. But being stressed, it takes less stimulus for your body to start experiencing pain, which I think I still need to do a whole episode around pain science. So let me write that down and I will come back to this. Did not want to make you all listen to me clickety clacky while I wrote that note down because otherwise I will forget. We'll we'll circle back to more in-depth pain, but you can experience pain without there being any sort of tissue damage happening in your body, which is something that maybe not everyone knows. A lot of people really, truly think if they're experiencing pain, it means that there's something wrong, something, some damage happening in your body. And that's not always the case. I was experiencing a significant amount of pain, kind of, well, I shouldn't say throughout the entire week, it kind of like built up the more I was stressed for more days in a row. And then I was also like sleeping less and less throughout the week. So by um, Thursday night into Friday, I think I slept just under six hours. So we were in like the five hour mark on my little sleep tracker thing. And I am solidly a like eight is the minimum up to almost 10 for my body to feel good. So going to like 50% of my normal sleep was not a fun time in any way, shape or form. And being sleep deprived means that you're also going to have less threshold needed to be in pain. So it's kind of like a one- two punch. just got like the right hook and then the left hook happening. So one something that like I think people I would want people to know is if you're experiencing a new onset of pain, first, sit back and think like am I experiencing more stress or am I sleep deprived because if I didn't know that about the human body yesterday I would have been like very very concerned about the level of pain that I was in and potentially could have went to see a doctor or see someone and then had like unnecessary care when really all I needed to do was first, like get a really good night's sleep because I still do have a lot of stuff that I need to do. I'm still like in that stressed state, I would say. But since I slept, I'm able to like process that a little bit more efficiently and not feel like I'm on the verge of having like a panic attack, which is not a great time in any way, shape or form. So let's stop stop, and pause and we'll go through sleep and how it affects performance. And then we'll go through stress and how it affects performance and kind of refresh both of those. Okay, first, let's talk about sleep. So defining sleep is a little bit tricky. If you had to describe what sleep was to an alien that came to visit Earth, let's say, that did not sleep, that was not part of their like actual day to day life, it would be little bit interesting, right? Because we're not dead, but we're not awake. We're in this like in between stage of decreased responsiveness, but we have the ability to wake up if needed. Like we can be woken up from this state of like in between kind of unconsciousness, kind of consciousness state. Our physical body when we're sleeping is in a state of reduced activity but our brain is actually very active which is super fascinating fun factoid for you there's a lot of different reasons why people believe humans need sleep they um, include energy conservation that it's a way for our body to restore itself and help your brain develop and Every every person that like researches sleep kind of has slightly different things of like, what do they think is the most important part of sleep? I think everyone can kind of agree that all of those things that I listed and probably more are beneficial and needed in an aspect of sleep, but it's just like, which one is the higher priority is kind of a debated topic. Regardless of whether which part you think is like the most important part, I think we can all agree that sleeping is super important. And while we are asleep, our brain undergoes what is called a sleep-wake cycle. This cycle usually occurs in a sequence and it goes awake, non-REM sleep, and then REM sleep. And then you cycle back into um kind of an awake state, but you're not like super, super awake. REM sleep, non-REM sleep, REM sleep, kind of back and forth. The REM stands for rapid eye movement. And if you've ever watched someone sleep, like you have ever had like a little kid or a partner that is asleep and you're not asleep, their eyes are going crazy. That is a state, like a a deeper state of sleep that your brain is still actively going through things. It's kind of creepy if you think about it. So non-REM sleep stages from light to deep and is triggered by a chemical that's called adenosine. And that chemical exists in... Specific brain cells. Non REM sleep is important for energy conservation and restoring the mind. REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep is where you dream and your brain activity during this stage is actually very similar to when you are awake. When you're deprived of REM sleep, your memory and ability to understand things are decreased, and your motor function starts to decrease as well. And I'm sure if you I'm sure you probably have seen like a sleep-wake cycle, but if you haven't, Google it and you will see that it goes through like kind of a a dip and then up and then a dip. I don't know how you would describe graphs in words. One other important part of the sleep cycle is called your circadian rhythm, and that is your body's internal clock. This rhythm, the circadian rhythm, helps to make sure that the body's processes processes are occurring at the optimal time during the 24 hours of the day there's a few different organs that have different circadian rhythms all of which are controlled by a part of the brain called the hypothalamus and then another part oh sorry a part of the hypothalamus that is called a super nucleus so it's like a very specific part in your brain the, your circadian rhythm is also called a sleep-wake cycle and is very, very much influenced by light. During the day, light te- sends signals like through your eyes into your brain to se- indicate that like you need to be alert, you need to be awake. And then as it gets darker, the super nucleus will initiate the production of melatonin and send signals for us to fall and stay asleep. Some very interesting, I don't want to say data because I don't know if it's actually been proven, I haven't looked at the research for a while, is there are thoughts that everyone's circadian rhythm is slightly different, and that this ties back to when humans existed as like tribal cultures, where it wouldn't make sense for the tribe to be All of us in the tribe to be completely asleep at the same time, that it would make more sense from an evolutionary standpoint for there to be people who have circadian rhythms that are super tied to light and other people's rhythms be more alert during the night and then kind of an in-between person. So in a 24-hour day that there wouldn't be a time where everyone in the tribe was asleep. You would have someone that would wake up pretty early in the morning when the sun rose, and then there would be someone that would stay awake or it would stay asleep until it got darker. And so they would wake up in like, you know, the middle of the afternoon and they would be awake more in the dark and then fall asleep like just before the morning people would be woken up. So we kind of have like shifts of keeping the tribe safe. And this is where some people that have like more like morning, what is it called? Night owl, more of a morning person, where like it literally doesn't matter if a morning person tries to stay awake throughout the night, they just can't. And if you have a night owl that is forced to wake up in the morning, they really struggle because they literally cannot fall asleep until later in the day. And then there's other people where they're just kind of in between. They can stay up later, they can wake up earlier, and it doesn't really seem to affect them. That being said, there is also quite a bit of research around people that work shift work, and they're, they're going to be kind of contradictory from my last like tribe story, um, that people that are More night people working like night shifts, um, and I'm really thinking to our like stripper colleagues, friends that are awake and working until, you know, like three, four, five o'clock in the morning, that there's some pretty significant health consequences that can happen because they are awake when the body, quote unquote, is designed to be asleep. Increased cortisol, insulin things being off, some hormonal changes happening, there's some research around injury rates increasing and injuries being like car accidents um, and other types of injuries because people are are tired driving home, as opposed to like you know driving home when you still have more of your um, brain processes happen, like less melatonin in your body, so you're able to react quicker and not be as as sleepy. But a part of me wonders if shift work people have this because even though they work shift work, they are still somewhat forced to wake up and do things so that they can like be functional during typical working hours, whether that is like they need to go to the doctor or they need to wake up and let their kids get their kids ready for school, um, whatever sort of tasks that they need to do where they're not able to come home from work early in the morning and sleep a true eight, nine hours, like most adults need between like seven and nine hours of sleep, their sleep, total sleep ends up being shortened because they need to wake up to do whatever they need to do um, throughout the day. So that is a, a question that I have and I have no um, plans on doing any sleep data research, but that is something then. I've always wondered about I'm like, do we really have issues with shift work or is our society just like not set up for people that do shift work or work night nights to have the same like options and benefits that someone that needs to go to work from like eight to five does TBD on that. Maybe someone will do a study um, when circling back to our lovely circadian rhythm, when everything in our body, and brain functions as designed, the circadian rhythm can promote consistent and restorative sleep. Disruptions can can create sleep problems, which have adverse health effects such as weight gain, depression, diabetes, slower thinking, and decreased athletic performance. So basically, long story short, honoring your circadian rhythm and making sure that you get enough both like enough duration of sleep but enough high quality sleep so we're getting into that rem sleep on a regular basis and coming out of it and going into non-rem and then back in if that's not happening it's going to have some like health consequences which will have some performance health performance consequences at some point too if we shift to just talking about sleep and athletic performance or like pole performance being able to do athletic things with your body Like I said just a few seconds ago, most adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep. When we are looking at sleep research in athletes, multiple studies have shown that less than eight hours of sleep a night and especially less than six hours of sleep a night can have some pretty negative effects on performance. Some of these effects include less time to reach exhaustion and this time can decrease from 10 to 30%. So if you, but usually takes you like 100 minutes to reach exhaustion, being sleep deprived can decrease the time to 70 to 90 minutes, which would mean that you would be losing 30 minutes of training time in that 100 minute block. So if you typically train for, 100 minutes is what, just like a little under two hours and you're losing 30 minutes because you're so tired. On a once in a while occasion, that's not a big deal. But that 30 minutes will add up. Like, gosh, if you train three times a week, that's an hour and a half of training that you're losing out because you're sleep deprived. That's like a whole nother training session, right? Like like a whole nother like 100 hours almost just gone because you're too tired to train. Another um, side effect of being sleep deprived is workouts seem harder. So use on a regular basis using RPE is something that I recommend. Um, and it is a scale where it ranges from one to 10, one being like sitting on the couch doing nothing and 10 is your max effort. When you're sleep deprived, a workout that would typically be like a three to four can increase to like a seven or eight, or uh, I don't want to say higher, but like it can like increase the rate of perceived exertion a workout is because they're sleep deprived. And this is something that I experienced this week, both of them actually. Like I said, I was a quite stressed um, and sleep deprived this past week. And I still wanted to go in to the studio At least one time because I was like, fuck, I don't really want to skip a whole week of training, even though I like did recognize that I was tired and stressed. But I was like, oh, I'll just go in and do some like gentle movement. And if nothing else, that will be like beneficial for my joints, beneficial for my muscles. And then maybe it will make me like a little bit more tired where my body will just let me sleep. Please just let me sleep and not be so anxious and like help um my stress and anxiety because movement can be really great for stress as well but oh my god I was struggle bussing and I knew I was going to struggle bus like let me say that I recognized that it was going I wasn't going to be able to have the energy to do my like typical training but even just some of the like edge work stuff that I was trying to do and edge work is not easy but I was literally just trying to do like a pirouette into kind of a plie squat. And I kept like stumbling, my heels were getting caught. I'm like, I have not had this much struggle doing movements for a really long time. And once again, I knew that this was a potential when I went into the studio because I was able to recognize that I was sleep deprived and that I was more stressed. And I don't know if a lot of people connect those two. Like I think they'll be able to recognize like oh I'm t- like more tired than normal or I'm more stressed than normal, but they don't always tie how that's going to impact how they're performing during their classes. And this can lead to a lot of people being frustrated, um being emotional because their emotions are are right there experiencing pain with things. And then also the final point of this like effects of sleep deprivation on my little checklist of things to talk about is being sleep deprived impacts your accuracy and slows your reaction time. So we want to have a pretty quick reaction time with a lot of things in pole, like stumbling over my heel, for example. I want to be able to react to that quickly as opposed to it taking a really long time for my body to recognize that I'm not stable and then I end up rolling my ankle and if I'm able to react more quickly I can feel oh I'm losing you know the my stability in my heel let me pull my arms up so that I don't eat shit and roll my ankle all of those tie back to are you recovered enough do you have enough sleep recovery for you to be able to react quickly or are you in that like slowed reaction time because you are sleep deprived there are so many different ways that people throw out there on like ways to improve your sleep um, fully want to recognize that there are a lot of things that are out out of our control if you have a little kid that comes in and like wakes you up because they're sick or they had a bad dream or whatever you really can't control that. you're gonna not sleep well because you have responsibilities to your child or if you are a person that works um, overnight and you're like I can't just like quit my job because I need to sleep like we also need money to live but there are some things that we can have control over that if we take the time and energy to prioritize them having a set sleep schedule with a bedtime routine is honestly like the hands down most commonly stated to do if you're struggling with your sleep you go to bed at a certain time you and you have a routine leading up to it so you're like telling your body that like hey this is like this is the routine that we do before we go to bed Um, avoiding bright lights at night so no phones tablets things like that in bed keeping your bedroom cool and dark avoiding caffeine in the afternoon and evening and for a lot of people, this is a lot earlier than they want to admit and or realize. Um, some people, it can be as early as like 2 p.m. That if they have caffeine after 2 p.m. and they're trying to go to sleep at 8 or yeah, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, that there's still too much caffeine in their bloodstream for how their body metabolizes it. And I know a lot of people have a like midday slump between... What, like two and four tends to be a really common time for people to have that like midday slump. And or they will take a caffeinated pre workout for their after work training session. And so that's anywhere from what, like five to 6 p.m., which means that the caffeine is not going to get out of their body until after midnight. And if there's someone that has to wake up at like six or seven in the morning to get ready to go to work, you're gonna have a really hard time getting enough sleep in because you're not going you're you're gonna to be too caffeinated to actually fall asleep and then you're not gonna going to get enough hours of sleep on a regular basis. So if you're noticing that you're having sleep problems and you're like, you know, like I sleep like I want to be able to sleep an eight hour day, but I don't fall asleep until two PM and you're drinking caffeine, drink your caffeine earlier in the day and then avoid drinking it in the afternoon. Um, and I want to say, even if you have an afternoon slump, like you're going to have to like fight to break that habit. And there's other, there's other ways to increase your energy in the afternoon. Apples tend to be a really popular one for people that like don't enjoy caffeine. Um, I'll try to see if I can come up with, think of any other ones. Apples are the ones that, um, like immediately come to mind. And I recently realized that I have some, some allergies to apples. It took me a really long time to put, the fact that my lips get tingly when I eat an apple to be like, maybe that is an allergy, Emily, but that's a, not the point of the story. Um, other things that you can collect, you can control no smoking or drinking at night. I know alcohol can help people fall asleep, but it has a significantly large negative impact on your sleep quality. And we need both like length of sleep and quality of sleep to be primed for performance. Um, And this is one especially want to talk to uh, like our stripper listeners where I know drinking can be a pretty popular thing to do at work. So if you're having trouble sleeping and you're drinking a lot at work, that might be one of the first things to work on. Um, If you have difficulty falling asleep, avoid napping. And if you like really, truly need to nap, A nap really only should be like 20 to 30 minutes. It should not be an hours long thing because that is like a sleep. It's like a mini sleep, not an an actual nap. And that one hurts my heart every single time I say it because I enjoy a good solid two to three hour nap. Um, Not working in bed is also a huge one. You want your brain to recognize that your bed is where you go to go to sleep and not where you do other activities. Your bed really should only be used for sleeping and if you choose to have sex in bed, having sex. Same with honestly like work spaces, like you should have a designated workspace, especially if you work from home where that's the only space that you work at because otherwise your brain will start to associate like pretty much your entire house as like a workspace and it can make it really hard to disconnect. Both of these I'm looking in the mirror to be like stop working in your bed, Emily and work just in your office and not everywhere that I can plop my laptop down. If you are waking up hungry and in the middle of the night, which is a very common thing that a lot of, honestly, I don't know if it affects men as much. I feel like a lot of the discourse I read about it is around um, women or people assigned female at birth where they will wake up between like 2 and 4 a.m. on like a pretty consistent basis and then struggle to get back to sleep. There is some thought processes that that is because your blood sugar levels like plummet and your body will wake you up to like get you to be able to eat something. Um, And I've been experimenting with this for a while. One, making sure that you're eating enough throughout the day. And then also if you If it's something that you struggle with, eating something before you go to bed, usually within like an hour or so before you go to bed um, can keep that 2, 3, 4 a.m. wake up from happening. But it can't just be you eating like a really large snack before you go to bed or like a meal before you go to bed that can also have some negative um, sleep consequences where your body like won't let you go into like full REM sleep because it has to put energy into digesting meal that you just ate, but making sure that you're eating, yeah, enough calories throughout the day and then having a snack before you go to bed. Um, If you are a person that struggles to fall asleep, research has shown that you should get up out of your bed if you're like, okay, I've been laying in bed for three hours trying to fall asleep, getting up out of bed for a period of time, literally leaving your bed to go do something else and then going back to bed can like kind of re-trigger your brain oh yeah this is where we go to go to sleep and then there are supplements that can improve your circadian rhythm and sleep quality but i would highly recommend that you speak to your doctor before you start taking them because there are some like negative consequences that can can happen if you are one taking too much or not taking the right kind for what you're dealing with um it can make you be, like, super groggy and not fully, like, functioning when you wake up in the morning, which can lead to accidents happen- happening and, like, injuries happening because you're not firing on all cylinders, one, because you're not awake, and then, two, because there's still, like, left over, like, supplements that are designed to keep you, like, tired in your bloodstream. So the timing of it, the amount of it, all of that is um pretty particular, so don't just... I don't know, strong recommendation, things that like fuck with your brain, don't just like mess around with them. Make sure that you're following like some sort of like protocol and it's being monitored by someone so that you don't end up doing things that you don't want to do with you because you're like sleepwalking basically. So long story short that um, sleep is important for both our overall health, our overall function, and then our athletic performance. And if you are a person that tends to lean on the like I I can sleep when I'm dead or I, you know, like I don't have enough time to do all the things that I need to do in the day. And then you're, you're also just like struggling with your like pole performance, maybe shifting that mindset on like to something more like if I don't sleep now, I'll be dead sooner because being sleep deprived does decrease your like quality of life. And then the like amount of time that you will, will be here on this planet because you'll have like other health consequences come up. Um, when you are working with someone to help recover from an injury or improve impor- improve performance, um, sleep will hopefully be something that is discussed because it really truly is the foundation of how our body is able to recover, how motor learning happens when we're sleeping, recovery happens when we're, when we're sleeping. Sleep is like super important. So not getting enough quality and quantity of sleep will have some negative impacts on your ability to recover from an injury and to perform well. And then shifting gears into talking about stress. And I feel like this is a good time of the year to talk about it because you're either coming down from a very very stressful chunk of time. I know the holidays can be really stressful for people or you're having like an increase in stress potentially both. Maybe the the holidays were really stressful and then like returning to work and the expectations, maybe demands of the new year can be quite heavy. There are two different types of stress and I think that's also really important for people to like understand and recognize. There's good stress and then there's bad stress or eustress, which is good stress, and then distress. So to define both of those, eustress is the positive stress, stress response. So it is when you have like optimal levels of stimulation. Pole dancing is a form of eustress. Like it is stressful, but for most of us, it is a like enjoyable, attainable, worthwhile task. And it generates a sense of like fulfillment, achievement, growth, development, all of these types of feelings. But there still is like stress being placed on your body. And then there's distress, which is the phrase that most people you you, when people say stress distress is what they mean and it is the negative stress response it has a negative uh, effect in like physiological reactivity um it can be from being overwhelmed by like demands losses perceived threats real life threats and it has a detrimental effect by your your body and brain will like maladapt to distress like a trauma response is like a, a real thing um hormone levels change, your perception of events change when you're, you're super stressed. And that is not something that we want to have be your like regularly, like day-to-day life occurrences being like highly distressed. Stress is super important to manage because like I just said, if you have negative stress for long periods of time, and it will eventually lead to I shouldn't say that so boldly. Most likely than not, can, will lead to some negative health consequences, negative health conditions developing, like anxiety, high blood pressure. Your breathing rate can increase, depression, high blood sugar, headaches, um, obesity, increased heart rate, super tight, tense muscles. Your immune system gets suppressed, so you're more susceptible to illnesses, and. That's super important to, to keep in mind, especially it's like the winter and there's what flu, RSV, COVID, the common cold, all of these things are just like floating around, around us. And if your immune system is suppressed, then you have like a higher risk of getting a virus um, or like potentially bacteria or whatever else you're around on like a regular basis. Uh, like being super stressed can also lead to sexual dysfunction and abnormal hormones. And these aren't just like isolated things, right? Like these all can kind of like domino effect to you having other things going on. And it's going to affect how you show up day to day and then also your ability to pull and then whether or not you end up injured and if you recover from that injury. So I do have, I know I do have a whole episode on stress um, that I can share so you can get through all of the like super fun details on it. Um, But I do want to highlight a few things. We want to play with being in a sympathetic state and a parasympathetic state. Like there are benefits to being in both at different times. And I don't think it's completely possible to be in a parasympathetic state all the time but it is possible to be in a like fight flight freeze sympathetic response for a lot longer than is ideal so when we're talking about parasympathetic versus sympathetic the sympathetic is the like fight flight freeze it's like the activation um, level of our nervous system and it comes off of our the like motor division of our peripheral nervous system, which is the like, not your spinal cord, basically. Um, So like our insides, our muscles, all of that. And it, the autonomic nervous system, which is part is where the like sympathetic nervous system branches out of. So it goes peripheral nervous system, the motor division of your peripheral nervous system, because there's also a sensory um, motor is divided into involuntary responses and voluntary responses. The sympathetic and parasympathetic are under the involuntary, but you do have some control over it through like breathing exercises and like stress management techniques. But a lot of people in today's world understandably because like let's be honest, our world is kind of chaotic and it seems like it is only getting more and more chaotic live in a sympathetic state so they're in some sort of f state and there's fawn, flight, fight, freeze and then also there's the like fifth f which is fuck so when you're having sex you're in a like a sympathetic response um those are all fine if you are in them for a short period of time your body is reacting to a threat it is doing an activity that like warrants being in a sympathetic division, but we need to balance that by being in a parasympathetic state on a more regular basis, which is the like rest and digest frame of mind or like state for our nervous system to be in. And I don't feel like we prioritize the parasympathetic state as much as we possibly should. And I feel like there's a lot of, um, There's a lot of messaging around like stress management and like self-care and all of that type of stuff, which I think is great. But I do wonder if we're actually getting into that state or are we just doing a task to do a task and it ends up stressing us out because we're not doing our our self-care. And this is something that I talked to my therapist about quite a bit um, about like, Are you truly, well, it's me because it's like me and my therapist, but am I truly resting when I'm doing things or am I like dissociating or am I distracting myself by trying to get into a parasympathetic state? So she always just like asks, like circles it back to me and being like, no one can answer that question for you, Emily. Like you need to figure out if you you truly feel restored and like rejuvenated after you're doing your stress management technique or your like self-care technique. And if you aren't leaving that activity, truly feeling like rested and rejuvenated, then it's probably more of a distraction or dissociation, depending upon where you are with, um, with things, not a true like parasympathetic activity, like getting into that truly like rest and digest, um, state of being. So, ponder that for yourself if you are also someone that struggles with resting and rejuvenating and getting into that parasympathetic state there's a few different ways that you can try to manage your level of stress in your sympathetic state um Everybody's is super different. And like I just said, there's things that we do that are like distracting and there's things that we are doing that are like actually restorative and bring us into that truly recovered way of being. One of my favorite, favorite things um, are breathing exercises. And I actually have a person that I um, follow for breathing exercises more than others. And if you're on my email list, you got emailed this. It is Wim Hof. W-I-M-H-O-F. I'm not actually sure if there's two Fs. Nope. Yep. Just one F. W-I-M-H-O-F is the name. He is a, I believe he's Dutch motivational speaker and he has YouTube videos that you can breathe along with that are um, super challenging, but also really restorative and really kind of fun and he uses both like cycles of breathing so you like breathe in and breathe out like on a fairly quick pace um and then also does breath holds with your like you breathe out and then hold your breath and then you breathe in and hold your breath and it's super interesting because when you're holding your breath at either state there's a lot of different like chemical reactions that are happening and it can give you a kind of a like baseline kind of like signs or symptoms on how well your body tolerates your CO2 levels in inside your lungs um, rising and I'm trying to remember what the if I can find it I'll put it in the show notes and if not I'll make a post about it where there's like levels of I believe fitness that you can tie to how long you can hold your breath Um, which I just remember Like I'm remembering a exercise that we did in one of my exercise physiology labs where, as a group, we had to hold our breath and then we would set a timer and you hold your breath until you like literally your body's like fucking breathe like breathe 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 and it would happen at a wide wide range for like time wise for the group of people I think we were in groups of like ten. And there were people that held their breath for like 10 seconds and that was like their max. They were like, nope, I'm out. And I was one of the ones that bailed sooner. Like I was on, definitely on the like quicker half of people. And then there were other people that were going on like over a minute, minute 30 of breath hold and they were fine. And it, you one, you can train it, which is super cool. And it has something to do with how you're body like responds to CO2 levels, your kind of like respiratory capacity, um, and if like a few other like super interesting things where you can use it to like track are you progressing with your like overall like respiratory function um and discomfort level. And so I like Wim Hof because he has a a wide range of levels for things. So you are you can like pick. I do the beginner one to be honest and I've been doing it not as consistently as I should but I just like re remembered that I was like oh yeah I was feeling a lot better when I was doing that on a regular basis um and there's lots of like super fascinating research around breath and how it impacts a lot of our health and our function um which I know we're talking about stress right now kind of tangent on to breath but there are um yeah super fascinating breath is like super fascinating being able to get oxygen into your lungs which is obviously what our like muscles and brain use to be able to function super well and if there's disorders with your breathing disorders with your lungs um a lot of us like don't breathe like quote unquote properly obviously if you're able to breathe and you're moving around that is great um not trying to say that you like breathe wrong but there are like most things optimal ways to do stuff that have like performance improving benefits. Um, and being able to control your breath is one of those. I will link a book. It's actually called, I think it's called Breath or Breathe. I never know. I think it's called Breathe. Anyways, I'll link in the show notes. Super interesting book. I'll also link um, a book about sleep that I really like, which is called Why We Sleep or How We Sleep, one of the two. Um So you can read if you want to read about sleep or breath. Circling back to stress, when we are in a highly stressed state, our ability to recover from physical training loads is decreased. Meaning, if you are in a highly stressed state and you go to train, you One, won't perform as well as you would have if you weren't stressed. And then two, you won't recover from that workout as quickly as you would if you weren't as stressed as you are. And this is important kind of in two different fashions. One, once again, circling back to a lot of people get really frustrated when they're trying to learn pole things. They feel like they're Not doing something right, they feel like they're failing, they're frustrated. There's a lot of like internal things that they tie to their ability to pull, but they don't pause and take a step back and be like, maybe I'm not performing well because I'm super stressed or I'm sleep deprived, or there's like other things going on besides like your strength or your flexibility or your coordination. Like, there's like building blocks to functioning well as a human that if those are missing or like aren't as solid as they could be it doesn't matter how much you're cross-training how much you're stretching how much you're doing all of these things the body literally cannot make improvements if our foundations aren't there and we're talking about stress and sleep those are two very important ones but then the other one is the other two I would say are nutrition so like diet and then hydration If you have all four of those locked down, more likely than not, you're going to be able to see the performance gains that you are wanting to. Why are all of, why am I talking about this? A few different things. One, I had a really stressful week and I thought it would be important to highlight. And then two, on a very regular basis, I talk to both pole dancers and pole instructors that are struggling with either themselves or their students not recovering well, not performing well. There's a lot of feelings. There's a lot of like self-worth things that all get tied to our ability to do the things that we want to do. And I feel like it happens more in pole than it does in other sports. Or maybe that's just because I'm like so tied to the pole world lately that and I didn't realize it about, you know, like runners or, or soccer players or whatever, where people not being able to do the things that they want to do with their with their bodies like they're not able to do the trick that they want to do they're not able to do the flow whatever that they get like really deep down hard on themselves and there's a lot of like really big emotions it does happen in other sports but i just feel like it wasn't as prevalent that you would see someone crying at like soccer practice when i played soccer um and i very frequently i shouldn't say very frequently but It's not a never occurred thing where someone will leave a poll class crying because they can't do something that they want to do. And that level of frustration to me signals that there's probably something that they need to work on. And sometimes it can be as simple as going back to the foundations of like, are you sleeping and are you managing your stress? When it comes to stress management, like I said before, there's a lot of different like tips, techniques, tricks that exist. But I feel like I would be completely missing the boat if I did not point out that there are mental health professionals that exist that can help you work through the stress that you're feeling, the anxiety that you're feeling. And sometimes it's, you know, some like internal work that needs to be done. Sometimes just talking about, talking to someone about all of the stuff that you have on your plate can be a form of stress relief. And then other times I feel like, just sharing what is going on with someone that is I feel safe and like trusted with can help me find more clarity in different actions that I can take my for myself so that I'm not so stressed so when I'm sharing like I started off sharing my I don't know fiasco of a week I really, I slept really good last night. I slept like a solid 10 hours, which I woke up today and I was like, oh my God, my neck pain is gone. I'm not feeling as anxious. I'm functioning more like my typical self. And while that is great and I'm like super happy for this, this day, I like literally woke up and I was like, today's the best day ever. I love it. It it doesn't really matter if I don't make changes so that when I do have a, like a push week or a week where I need to to talk to more people that I'm looking for one-on-one clients, that I don't have the amount of stress and that I don't have as many sleeping issues the next time this that this happens, this like week happens and it's going to happen is the thing. Um, so I can be, I feel like I have like two different options with it right now, right? I can be like, man, that fucking sucked and make no changes and then have the same thing happen when, whenever this like need comes up again, the next time I need more people. Um, Or I can recognize that like this past week fucking sucked and I don't want to live through another week like this again. And I recognize that like, I'm probably in a different position that like I run my own business, I have control over my schedule, I can say no to things. um, And I don't have a boss, I'm my own boss. But I can put, if you do have a boss, I feel like maybe working on putting up boundaries, if that's something that would work for the industry that you're in. But for my own self, I'm going to be making some changes in how I operate, like really just like the back end kind of things where I'm not going to talk to people from nine AM to nine PM, like twelve hour days I don't do well with. I don't deal do well with having like sporadic things through throughout the day. Like having things be like clustered together and like work really hard for a couple of hours and then have um a break as opposed to having someone scheduled like every like thirty to forty five minutes where I really don't have time to start another task or time to like completely check out and go do some like restorative movement or, you know, hang out with Samson or fucking make lunch, Um, things like that. It's like not sustainable. It's not realistic. So instead of like I said before, I feel like I'm at like a fork in the road and I like today, January 7th, sitting here recording and promising myself that I'm going to make the changes needed so that I can hopefully not have this be my reality in the future. And I think that is also something that is, I don't know, worth reflecting on where like, if there's a regular occurring thing in your life that you're like, I really hate this. What are some changes that you can make to it? And I know a lot of times when we're in the thick of stuff, it doesn't always feel like there is other options, but I promise you for more things, there are different ways of doing stuff because there's how many kajillion, bazillion people in the world. I can guarantee that someone somewhere has a very similar circumstance to you and they are do- not doing things the same way that you're doing them. So stay open to the possibility of doing things differently. Make sure that you're managing your stress and sleeping well so that you can do the cool things you wanna do with your body. All right, friends, that is all I have for this episode. It's almost an hour, long one, long one today. Chatting, chatting away. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything that I talked about, please feel free to either reach out on Instagram or send me an email. I'll link um, some stuff in the show notes and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye.